It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the P1 podcast with Matt. Tommy and Charlotte Claire on pole. What a day, what a time to be alive. Eight tenths, whatever, no one cares about that. We're here to celebrate a Ferrari starting from P1. Isn't that right, Tommy? I was about to, I was literally about to say that you've never been so happy, Leclerc being eight tenths off Verstappen, but look, it's 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 pole position. It's technically pole, so yeah. That's all that matters. Ferrari back on pole. We don't work with these numbers we don't work with you know oh, this that no we work with the qualifying order for sunday's race and it is charles leclerc on pole position will it be over by lap five absolutely but until then until that red bull nose is one millimeter ahead of that ferrari i will bask in the glory of charles leclerc leading and i don't care so you're saying that Perez isn't also going to just fly past him down no. the thermal straight on lap no, one? No, 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 okay. absolutely not. But anyway. We'll see how, we'll see how that ages. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, t- I'll take five turns, Tommy, okay? Not five laps, just five turns of leading, please. Uh, now, before we dive into it, let's get into your five-star review. Remember, if you want yours to be read out, please do send one in. Leave, a, uh, leave us a reason as to why you love this podcast. Give us five stars and we will select one at random. This one comes in from Vias Duvas from the USA. Hi, Matt and Tommy. My wife and I both listen to every episode, but almost never at the same time. Accordingly, could you possibly pass on this question from me? Hi, Stacey. Do you want me to pick up something from the Scandinavian bakery after daycare drop-off today? So hopefully that's sorted you guys out and um, hopefully you get something from and the also, I'd like bakery. something from the yeah. Scandinavian bakery. That sounds banging. It sounds, it sounds absolutely delightful. So if you could just do a little round trip to us as well, that'd be fantastic. Right, what happened in qualifying then? Beginning with Q numero uno. It was qualifying, just a beautiful scenario, wasn't it, Tommy? The absolute ideal, wet to dry, throughout quali. There wasn't any of that, oh, it's really quick at the start and then it gets worse. It was a drying, wet track in Q1 and it caused a lot of carnage. Qualifying is just goated this year. I want to know why you were smiling as well. What was that smile for? What were you laughing at? I was just laughing at the fact that it's qualifying again. It's an absolute banger. Just please, the race, just please, please can we have a good race as well? But yeah, qualifying delivered again. I genuinely think this might be the greatest season of all time in qualifying. Say, swap them round. Let's have quali on the Sunday. And the problem is, no one will ever remember it. Who goes through qualifying (laughs) results uh, from a season. Charlotte Claire fans. Yeah, actually, that's very true. <laughs> if anything, I think qualifying should be more important than the race. If it gives us more action, let's hand out some points, eh, Tommy? Come on. Why not? 50 points for pole position. 
Charles Leclerc. Champion of the world. Now, in Q1, we had quite a lot of things going on. One big moment was was Lando Norris damaging his car quite, I would say, I'm not sure exactly on the extent of the damage, but definitely damaging damaging his car uh, through the gravel, his floor in particular, rear diffuser potentially, um, by just losing it, didn't he? In, in a place that just trying to get on the power really early to get on that back straight and not lose too much time. And if anything, that may have hampered his chances of a better spot in qualifying uh, when we got to Q3. Yeah, he had a damaged diffuser, apparently. They were looking at the back of that car when he came in. Um, in a weird way, him actually making it into Q3 and getting a semi-decent result uh, is a blessing, really, because we were here thinking that he might not even get out of uh, Q1 because it looked very bad at one point. Uh, he was struggling uh, for pace, probably uh, the initial maybe change in handling of the car. But yeah, he flew across the gravel. I'm not surprised it was his damage. And he was very lucky that he didn't just fly into uh, the barrier, to be honest, um, managed to kind of keep it out. And yeah, in a weird way, it is a bit of a missed opportunity when we kind of cursed him by both predicting him pole, but uh, sorry about that. Uh, but I think he can still be happy that he's actually made it out because it looked very bad at one point. Yeah, it looked like he might not even make it out of Q1 uh, where they were checking his car and putting him on another set of inters and and it just seemed as though it was unravelling uh, for Lando, but he managed to get out of Q1 and Q2 and make it through to Q3 and, and ending up P7 behind Piastri, which, um, yeah, but one and a half seconds off, which we'll dive into a bit more in our Q3 segment. Other things to speak about was Daniel Ricciardo. He'll start from 19th after losing what was P6 due to track limits right at the end of the session. And to be fair, there was no arguments. He absolutely yeeted it uh, through Radion, uh, just completely cut the curb, lost the car slightly, and that put him offline, and he just committed through it, and unfortunately meant his uh, quite decent time uh, was lost. Yeah, it wasn't one of those where you have to get the magnifying glass out and pause it and see, like, oh, it's a tiny bit of his wheel. He just straight-lined the, the corner, really, but... It was more the fact that um, he'd run wide. It wasn't, wasn't well, I guess it was quick because he still did a, a good lap. But yeah, it was track limits. And um, Sonoda was up in fourth, I think, in, in Q1 as well. So that AlphaTauri had some pace in that kind of wet dry. They they got the, the strategy right. But unfortunately for, for Danny Rick, um, paid the price for track limits, which we've seen a lot uh, this year. And once you get it wrong, when it, matters in qualifying you can just tumble down the order and it ruined his whole whole session yeah it was as we say evolving ever uh, all the way up until the last minute and unfortunately uh danny rick making that that mistake right at the end and of course he was going to be completely and utterly knocked out with everybody improving behind him uh you also had logan Sargent having problems with his car which meant that he didn't get out into the session for for quite a few minutes after it had started. Uh, he starts P18, um, and then Hulk, the the goat of qualifying recently. Uh, actually, does that mean Perez now has more Q3 appearances than Nico Hulkenberg? I think it does. No, because he got in it last time, didn't he? Mm. And I think he still kept that record. Interesting. So I think now well, it's still it's neck matched. and neck, but unfortunately, he's starting twentieth yeah. due to a hydraulic problem. <laughs> The, the the fact that there's no championship battle, we're now we're now relying on the epic 
Q3 battle between Hulkenberg and Perez. Look, um, you can just the, see uh, the graphic now, can't you? At the last race of the season. Forget fight for the championship. <laughs> it's a head-to-head between Hulkenberg and Perez for most Q3 appearances. Yeah, I want full, you know, where they make them like massive CGI characters put onto the track and it's like seven versus seven <laughs> Q3 appearances. People will do it. Um, yeah, joking aside, Hulkenberg, a shocker. And this, uh, and I got baited into this because I put him in my top five prediction that we do just before. This is like peak Hulkenberg conditions. We saw it in Canada, got that. Uh, P2 um, so gutting for him to uh, you know uh, get ha- have the issue because no offence to, to K-Mag but obviously and, yeah, Magnuson has his moments um, and but not recently have, but not recently so you would think if Magnuson got through Hulkenberg would as well um, but alas uh, he didn't so yeah maybe a, what might have been for, for Hulkenberg but my god Williams uh, that is that's a jinx. What have we, we talked about McLaren? My God! Well, We're look, I, Alban and Sergeant. I'm not blaming us this time, Tommy. I'm blaming the weather. You know, because mm. they are. I reckon they make it out if it was dry. But then again, why are we predicting that for Spa of all places, which is probably the most unpredictable in terms of weather, and it can shower at any point. I said though, didn't I, in the in the watch along, that actually full dry setup that they've got on that car and then which is not confirmed that's complete and utter potential bs coming out of tom bellion's copium mouth (laughs) me never um (laughs) yeah the the that williams may be upset for the dry and alex alban and logie sarge are going to slipstream each other down the kemmel straight and fly past everyone and they'll be leading by turn three you heard it here first Okay, cool. Well, that's why uh, nobody listens to you for actual wheel advice. Interesting stuff. But thank you, Tommy, for that. that, that if that scenario happens, you can you can win the lottery. Well done. Yeah. Uh, we now move to Q2. And my goodness me, there was a moment where we all believed. Championship back on. Max Verstappen yeah. almost getting knocked out and finishing P10 in Q2. So we had Sonoda, Gasly, Magnussen, Bottas, and Ocon going out. Both Alpines, again, they are having a torrid time at the moment, that uh, that team, for more uh, reasons than one. But the Verstappen thing was the big story. We so nearly actually had a race on our hands. It was tantalizingly close. I think Red Bull were just teasing us at this point. However, Max definitely wasn't involved in the teasing because he lost his mind slightly uh, to his engineer. But the engineer gave it... A full half a dozen back, which I love to see. Yeah, they were they were having a bit of a, a sassy moment with, with each other, weren't they? But yeah, the the fact that we saw it happening, and we you kind of just assume now that as they were all crossing the line, that Verstappen would be purple, purple, purple. But then, you know, he was still setting an improvement because it was wet to dry, and we we had no idea if he was going to be a lot better. And then. He set his lap and we were there going, oh my word, he's tumbling down the order here. And he was like dropping down. And then we just, one more car would have knocked him out. Um, but instead, uh, you know, made it through, had his had his sussy moment. But yeah, we could have seen Verstappen uh, with his penalty as well. Maybe, you know, starting down in P16, which and then is he, he, and then last he's year and start from the pit lane. <laughs> then he's got to start from the pit lane just to get that record yeah, of no yeah. one having ever won from the pit lane. And it gives us a great I want race. To see him do that. Just do it for bands. You've already yeah, won the no, title. Right. Like, jeez. Um, yeah, so as I say, Sonoda, 
a decent qualifying from him, P11. Like mm-hmm. that's a very good uh, good result for, for Alpha Tauri. Uh, we've already mentioned Alpine. Bottas out-qualifying Joe, but not really seeing the performance that we saw in Hungary in very hot, dry conditions. And then K-Mag actually getting out of Q1, which I think is a slight miracle for him at the moment because it had been very washed. And he definitely listened to our Driver Ratings podcast because we slated him. We said, pick it up. And he kind of did. Yeah, we said we were fed up. You also said Haas would be biggest flop. And he was like, no, you know what? I will start trying now. And he's made it made it into a, a whopping P13, which is actually quite good for Haas. Um, who knows where they'll finish in the race. Um, but if it rains, then maybe awful. their tyres won't degrade as badly. Who knows? Uh, it's, but it looks <laughs> as though... It's a sprint race. Yeah. They, yeah, or... I don't know. I think it's, it's very bad for Haas. That's why, again, qualifying points, they would be absolutely nailing it with Hulkenberg this year. Could be worse. You could be Alpine. Yeah, that's a lovely segue uh, because Alpine, not only both being knocked out in Q2, uh, but they've got even more changes to their team. Otmar Safnauer, Otmar Safnauer uh, and Sporting Director Alan Permain both departing after the Belgian Grand Prix. Just mid-season... See you later. Thanks for your hard work. And Otmar Safnau has only just joined. So he joined this season, didn't he? Or uh, last season, season before. Last yeah. season. It, yeah, very yeah. recent. And it does make you think what's going on. Because hasn't the CEO of Alpine been replaced as well now? So Lauren Rossi's now not in charge, as far as I'm yeah, concerned. Yeah, I'm going to ferociously Googling the... this just in case. But I am very convinced that that is the case. Um, so... I don't know. Is it pointing signs towards them jogging on and leaving Formula One eventually? I don't know what is going on with Alpine. I mean, they're having an absolute, um, well, stinker. They're, they're having a, a shocker. Yeah, that the, they've just come off the back of two double DNFs. Um, we had the, a graphic, didn't we, uh, at the start when they were talking about it on Sky about all the different people that have left? Because of course, this is the team that. Oscar Piastri shunned, Fernando Alonso. I, I know people go, oh, well, this is Fernando Alonso and this is what he does. But, you know, that's a team that he's technically won his two world titles with and he wanted to cause maximum pain and damage to. Daniel Ricciardo joined them and it didn't work out. Um, and he's, you know, ended up winding back at Red Bull or he made the step to McLaren because he didn't want to be there or trust what they were doing. They're going through loads of personnel changes and... Lauren Rossi has been removed, by the way, just just to confirm. Yeah, uh, and he was, and he w- was he not the one that was slating Ocon yes. as well before Monaco, um, which was a really odd call. Just that team, they're, they're just a mess, uh, and it's not even like, yeah, they, they shouldn't even be where they are in the championship. They're in no man's land at the moment. They're so far behind McLaren now, um, thanks to them in the last two races scoring, like say, double DNFs with McLaren scoring a huge chunk of points. Um, and they're kind of ahead of the, I guess what you'd call the the back markers now of Alfa Romeo, Haas and Alfa Tauri. They've just kind of got nothing to fight for. They're just so anonymous. We banter about that team as well, not being, maybe I'll save this run for another day, but they're just like not, they're not underdog enough to kind of you want to root for them and they're not good enough that you kind of 
want to cheer for them and or support them they're, they're just kind of a bit meh they're just not really anything and and they're also in a weird mess where just sit, stuff seems to be just changing all the time and goodness knows what it must be like at, at the top there because if if loads of people are just coming in and out and top you know top people are changing all the time it can't be a great place to to be i'd just like to apologize to the four fans of alpine that will be listening to this podcast Three. and oh okay um who uh <laughs> who will have been offended by tom bellingham's comments there really savage actually in fact um but it's it's not far from from the truth in my in my eyes either it's it is sad to see uh, and look especially oscar piastri is going to be absolutely gutted that he didn't go without stick with alpine and in fact went to mclaren isn't he he's like there, there's he's missing out on so much double dnfs getting to go home early put the kettle yeah. on like yeah what not a knowing dream. who his boss is yeah unbelievable scenes uh, we're obviously joking as uh, we now speak about the big old Q3, which was almost fully dry. Lap times getting quicker and quicker and quicker. It's the beautiful last person across the line kind of vibe, uh, which makes for very exciting qualifying sessions. And I, well, look, it was exciting because Max Verstappen, we essentially could put into action. Max Verstappen not existing, even though he did. Because of the five-place penalty, we had a fight for pole that didn't involve Max. We had this whole, oh, if you imagine that Max... Don't know why Kermit's saying it, but if you imagine Max isn't there... Because we could actually the fight imagine because be he like? wasn't there. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and we had uh, one-tenth separating Leclerc, Perez, Hamilton and Sainz for that uh, amazing pole position, or just under two-tenths. And it was incredible because Charles Leclerc... Uh, is starting on pole position. Yes, he did finish eight tenths behind Max Verstappen. <laughs> Perez will start on the front row, and he was eight tenths slower than his teammate, despite going over the line after him. Oh my word! Yeah, he was. He just made it because in our watch along, we were. I was convinced he wasn't going to make it. Alonso actually stalled a little Where was bit. I? Where was Matt, I be- Matt always believed. I, I always, always believed in Perez, and he came through with six seconds to spare. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think he must have had a flying uh, outlap because I thought they'd be queuing at the final sector B. I just made it, and Perez, look, you've got to, you've got to, I guess, praise him that he's on the front row. Let, let's just ignore the the time that he's nearly nine tenths slower than his teammate. We're ignoring um, the but time. It, oh. I'm just trying, you know, because people think that me stating facts means that I'm a hater. Hey, don't change. Don't change because of 10 people, you know? <laughs> but but that being said, it really does back up the theory that get rid of Max Verstappen from the title, Perez is mixing it up with the other teams, and we're having the greatest championship of all time because, um, yeah, what what a quali. Uh, the fact that you can have Leclerc and Perez on the front row, um, yeah, it was, it was a good... Very, very good quality. Exciting when you you know that that is the lap that counts. Question from Ayan Kadiri: Do you think the reason Ferrari perform well during sprint weekends is because they have less data from practice to screw up, or is it track specific? Look. Uh, I'm not going to be that savage that it is. The more they learn, the worse they get. Because I don't. I that, that's a bit too far. I think uh, those particular conditions work well for Ferrari. One of their 
massive problems is tire wear, is tire temperature. But that also works over one lap. It works over changeable conditions. They can switch on their tires very quickly. And that's exactly what Charles in particular, but also Carlos, uh, managed to do. Uh, and they'll be starting first and fourth on Sunday's race. Uh, I think maybe Carlos will be kicking himself a little bit because I think he was actually slightly up maybe um, through that middle sector. But either way, he was he was there in the mix. Actually, I think he was slightly behind, but he was in the mix with Charles' time and, and to finish yeah, a few spots behind him, I'm sure he won't be too happy with. But yeah, I think it's more just to do with Ferrari being very good in, in quali, changeable conditions, switching the tyres on. Yeah, it is, it is wild because at the end of... Um, I'm pretty sure at the end when we spoke about a sprint, uh, I think it might have even been the predictions where we said, can't believe we've not gone for Ferrari because this this weird stat that Charles Leclerc is just having absolute bangers in, in sprint weekends because uh, Azerbaijan Grand Prix, obviously he managed to take pole position. He managed to take the sprint shootout win. Uh, he finished second in the sprint and then he also got a podium in the race. And then you fast forward to uh, Austria and yeah, qualified second. Carlos uh, was was third. Um, and then in the sprint, Carlos got uh, a top three in the sprint and Charles managed to get uh, P2 in the race. So Ferrari, for whatever reason, it is this bizarre... I don't know what it is, but they are, and they have had all their best results at sprint weekends. It's very strange. Now, is it a coincidence or is it like this person said that there's maybe they are just better when it's straight out of the blocks not loads of running and practice sessions and everything and they can just deliver mm. it is the um unanswered question i would say they don't they don't have time to do their we are checking for for two hours in a practice session True. they can just, they just get on with to, it and Charles goes i will deliver yeah just give me the car i'll go out there and i'll set pole it's fine which he, yeah, I mean, he kind of set pole, but he got pole. He has pole eventually yeah. after the penalty. Uh, eight tenths, God, Jesus. Um, anyway, I wanted to mention Charles Leclerc now 20 pole positions in Formula One. Five wins, but don't care about that. 20 pole positions, five wins. 20 pole positions, which if we actually implement those 50 points per pole, that's 1,000 points he has scored in qualifying. Thank you. Do you want to hear another stat that will absolutely blow your mind that mm. might be a little bit painful oh, sorry you God. won't want to hear it but okay right. say it anyway. I, I i can't believe this is true and okay. I, like bearing in mind we're not even at the summer break yet if max wins the sprint and gets the race victory he would have beaten charlotte claire in last year's championship already he he could finish second in last year's championship with his points total if he wins it. Like how how is he that far ahead? I knew he's like that puts it into perspective for me, like the dominance that we're not even at the summer break yet. Mm. And he has enough points to win last year's title. That's no, I think we need to implement something, right? Where you hit a certain amount of points, that's it. <laughs> you just go. No more. That's it. Sorry, yeah. you've had you've had enough. You can't fun. come back until it, it's close again. Yeah. You can't have a big, a bigger point difference than 150 to the car, uh, the car behind. Straight up. It's like a weird, yeah, rather than a budget cap, it's a points cap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Literally anything, Tommy. We are so thirsty. Uh, okay, moving on now. Hamilton uh, P4, which will be P3 on the grid, but he's under investigation as of recording right now uh, for the off-track around uh, Radion with 
George Russell behind him. I don't think anything's going to come of that just purely because it was his teammates that was potentially the driver that he impeded or rejoined unsafely. It'll be similar to Australia where Gasly and Ocon go to the stewards. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no. It was a complete and utter accident. Everyone was at fault. Let's just level it out. No problem. Be exactly the same there. There's no one arguing against each other. It's two teammates. Oh, yeah, no, I could have done. It didn't affect me at all. No, Hamilton going off there actually improves my visibility. Thank you. Yeah, completely agree, because as teammates, they'll be absolutely fine. They certainly will. Next question. Carlife0831007. What happens to the McLarens? Was it mistakes that affected them? Set up? Bad run time? Well, we've already mentioned Lando Norris and his gravel trip, where he quite, quite easily damaged some of the car. Piastri, on the other hand, I'm a little bit surprised, because he was looking good throughout quali but i think with these particular circumstances these changeable conditions it is very much deliver or you will kind of be caught out a little bit that's how i see that piastri just probably didn't deliver on his lap time that that he could have done because i think really he should have slotted in in p2 and taken pole there was an eight tenths gap between verstappen and the next car and i think i think piastri would be kicking himself yeah, and it's mad because it's actually really, you know, three-tenths is, I, I know it's a lot in Formula One, but it just shows that three-tenths is absolutely miles off. Um, and yeah, maybe you did have that time on the table. Uh, Lando, I've, I do think that, you know, what we've seen on the evidence of this year, Lando obviously with the experience, and we've seen him be very good around Spa as well uh, and very quick in these kind of conditions so I think he's going to be kicking himself that he could have had a really good result and yeah it's a shame that that they're way down the order in sixth and seventh which will be actually fifth and seventh is that right yeah yeah Uh, so they'll they'll be uh sandwiching Verstappen Mm, at the start tasty so maybe the Toasty. <laughs> tasty. Verstappen toasty. Toast. I thought you said toasty, like Verstappen toasty. <laughs> I mean, it can <laughs> be a Verstappen Two McLarens. No, yeah. but also a taste, tasty toasty. Mm. Um, yeah. I, I mean, they'd have, they'd have taken it, I think, but that being a washed qualifying for them. Maybe maybe they're set up for the, the race maybe a bit more and it might be dry. And maybe they're more mm. hope banking on that because it's a long race. There's a big old straight. DRS, um, I think we, we've seen evidence of it this year that qualifying uh, isn't everything. Look at look at Hamilton and he kind of dropped back and then, you know, Perez has been really bad in qualifying but made his way through the field and then it, it has been a case where qualifying is so close that sacrificing a tiny bit towards more race pace can actually mean that you drop drop quite a few positions. So we shall see. We certainly will. Quick note to mention Russell, actually quite comprehensively beaten by his teammate Hamilton. Mm. You know, we're talking about eight-tenths gaps. That's another one right there between Hamilton and Russell. So uh, not the not the greatest of qualifyings for a, for a driver that has produced some unbelievable or an unbelievable performance in the Williams uh, where he got second. Uh, we won't speak about the race because that was a, a stinker. And also the Aston Martins as well, ninth and tenth. For Ugh. Alonso and Stroll. Stroll, I mean, had the worst lap. Alonso was a second clear of Stroll yeah. and still only ninth. Yeah, very strange. Uh, I wonder if Stroll had a, a bit of an escapade. Um, but yeah, it, uh, massive margins in this qualifying. And 
I, I really hope Verstappen doesn't have that much of a margin on the cars when we get to Sunday, uh, which rolls into the next question. Gavin Curley, 90. At what lap do you think Max will be in the lead at? All right, let's have a prediction. I am going to lock in lap seven. I'm still locking in that there's some kind of problem, and I think... But will I think he take the lead? That turn, no, because I think, no. I think now he's in the mid-pack even more. I think that that turn one is going to be very congested and a lot of people going for trying to be the hero knowing that max is further down the order mm. and uh he's had it he's had it before where he's tried to i know he's a different driver now like we discussed this on the watch along that he's he's kind of matured and drives a bit different and not necessarily goes for absolute chaotic dive bombs into turn one and doesn't need to but there will be drivers around him that want to be want to be the hero and We've seen so many incidents into turn one at Spa that it's so easy to just clip a front wing or whatever. So maybe, yeah, clips his front wing, starts, uh, comes around, starts last, and then it takes him 20 laps to get in the lead. <laughs> so he will still take the lead then? No, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think he will. I don't think he will. It's interesting you say that they want that there's drivers around him that want to be the hero. Lando Norris, his mate, is he going to, after breaking his trophy, even bother trying to take Max? Probably not. <laughs> I've broken your trophy. Now yeah. I'm going for your front I mean, wing. but like he's Lando knows better than to do anything silly than that. I would say George Russell as well. Uh, the problem is, oh, Rebel George so... Russell would love a little dive bomb on Max but into would, turn one. But and have would a he? Of... Yeah, would he? I feel it, like these drivers they did it in a sprint, didn't they? Yeah, I know. George Russell but... loves a little. Red Bull tussle. I know. It's just this part of me that <laughs> thinks that because they know how clear Red Bull is, there really isn't any point risking anything. But let's see. The drivers are, you know, if they see a gap, they'll go for it. Um, but interesting. Look, you are really channeling... He can't a, win every... Yeah, you're really race. channeling a, a Max problem, which is uh, going to mean he's going to have no problems, Tommy. So well done for that one. Uh, final question from Leorth FC. Do you think we can have a Checo versus Max battle at the front? No. Well, <laughs> there will be a battle, but the battle will be Max flying through with DRS and then clearing off into the distance, in my humble opinion. Yeah, uh, th this could potentially be quite, you know, we've wanted to see that a proper battle, but if he does get through, I do see it being like a DRS pass because it's just, they're just too good down the straight. That Rebel DRS is unbelievable. And um, yeah. Maybe I'm going to jinx it here because uh, and hope that that we do get a banger. But Spa, I think I think part of Spa's problem for me is that it's a thrilling track for qualifying and things like that. But I don't think it lends itself well to this modern form of racing where DRS pass it almost makes them even more dull because you can just it's like a motorway pass because it's just such a long straight that you can't really fight. You know if you showing my age here, but you look at like the Hakkinen and Schumacher With battle and how good that was. Back in it, my day. Yeah, back in my day. But it, but it's true, like the, the passes are just like straight line DRS, the other person doesn't have a hope. So um hope I'm wrong. Well look, Spa, the Belgian Grand Prix, needs to deliver. It hasn't in quite some time delivered a banger and we need one. Please We need help. a good race. Um, but of course, we've got tomorrow, which is a completely separate weekend to what we've just seen uh, going into Sunday, where we have another qualifying session and then a sprint race, a 15 lap sprint race. 
What's the point? I'm joking. It's a long lap. It's going to be, and especially if it's wet, it could easily be a 40-minute race that we watch, potentially. Let's see. But a whole new day tomorrow, which is very exciting. Is it not, Tom Bellingham? Final thoughts? Yeah. Um, I'm hoping for another wet sprint race because that's when it's actually exciting. Still don't like the format in terms of the fact that if it's dry, you don't get any strategy. But if we get imagine those quality conditions exactly like what we got in Austria I'm still still in my opinion Austrian sprint was the best race we've oh, seen this year easy hands yeah. down so so let's let's have that again please thank you very much okay perfect we've locked it in Belgium it's time to deliver uh, thank you everybody for watching and listening to this qualifying Friday qualifying roundup um, hopefully we've got a banger coming on Sunday we'll be live on Twitch tomorrow and Sunday all the content you could ever wish for and we'll see you very soon for another podcast slash piece of video slash content slash anything bye bye so much wow I, I just that is that just the most shameless plug <laughs> I thought you were going to say that was clever it was shameless in my life but yes uh, <laughs> link in every social media handle thank you very much goodbye <laughs> P1 is a Stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.